The meeting will come to order and the clerk will call the roll. Alder Clear? DeMarb? Eskridge? Gruber? Hall? Harrington McKinney? Kemble? King? Palmer's excused. Fair? Rummel? Skidmore? Verveer? Wood? Zellers? Aarons? Balde? Vidar Siloff? Carter? Cheeks? Mayor, we have quorum. Quorum, council's in session. Uh, should we proceed with the three uh, honoring resolutions and then go to you, Alderman Verveer, for uh, motion on the budget? How do you want to proceed? On the budget. I mean, the motion. I mean, <laughs> well, we need a, sus we we need a suspension. I'll, I'll just. He was no, I, what I meant was the rest of the agenda. Uh, we'll need a suspension agenda for the honoring resolution, so I'll just oh, proceed okay. and go, go ahead. ahead. Thank you. Please. Good evening, all. Thank you for the very generous uh, reception I received running in here from a neighborhood association meeting. Uh, on behalf of Alderperson Gruber and all of us, I want to extend first a warm uh, recognition to the uh, gentleman from Troop 104 of the Boy Scouts. They, if you all want to rise uh, so we can recognize you. They meet at Midvale Lutheran Church and they're working on their citizenship in the Community Merit Badge by with, being with us tonight. So welcome all of you. And with that, uh, Mr. Mayor, I move to uh, suspend the customary rules this evening. They are, for the record, uh, I move to suspend rules 2.04, order of business, 2.05, introduction of business, 2.24 for ordinances, 2.25 for resolutions, for items so designated on the agenda. Thank you. Is there a second on the suspension? There is. Not debatable. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. I would uh, yield to Alderperson DeMarb for a motion and reading of the honoring resolution. I'd like to move item one, please. Second. Motion is second. Alderman DeMarb. Thank you. So the Ho-Chunk people have a long history, and this is a long resolution. So <laughs> I want you to be um, mindful and to listen with both ears. Thank you. Whereas the Ho-Chunk people are descendants of the effigy mound builders, um, ACAD 700 to 1100, and they are the aboriginal inhabitants of the Madison region. Known as the Ho-Chunk, the Dejo, they've always lived on this land, which was theirs only for safekeeping and to take only what was needed. And whereas effigy mounds were found in neighboring states of Iowa, Minnesota, and Illinois, but not in the large clusters found in South southern Wisconsin, and whereas oral tradition and historic documents describe the Ho-Chunk as a large and populous tribe of 10,000 that occupied more than 10 million acres of land in much of southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois, and whereas Jean Nicole was the first known European explorer to cross Lake Michigan into Wisconsin in 1634 who became the French ambassador to the Ho-Chunk people. And whereas the years following um, Nicolet's uh, voyage found great losses in the Ho-Chunk population, 
reduced at its lowest point to only 500. The Ho-Chunk of the 1650s were not the same power they had been and were unable to withstand the wholesale invasion of their homeland. And whereas warfare, foreign diseases, disseminated the tribe by the late 17th century, but the population did re rebound by the late 18th century and by early 19th century, the Four Lakes region once again became the hub of Ho-Chunk activity, returning to the homeland to their ancestors, the effigy mound builders. And whereas the heart of the effigy mound region is around the present-day city of Madison and the Four Lakes Mound District, which covers the principal, four principal lakes of Mendota, Monona, Wabisa, and Kaganza, herein notable buildings were built and erected through the digging up and destroying of effigy mounds. And whereas in 1829, according to the census, there were 598 Ho-Chunk people living around these lakes. And whereas on December 2nd, 1829, President John Quincy Adams presented the Ho-Chunk with the first treaty for ceding vast amounts of mineral-rich land wanted by the white settlement. And whereas beginning in 1849, the federal government began a series of attempts of forcible removals the Ho-Chunk were rounded up and put into boxcars to move the Ho-Chunk from their Wisconsin territory to Iowa, and then Minnesota, and later to South Dakota. Ow. And finally to Nebraska, leading to mistrust and conflict with the dominant government. And whereas the Ho-Chunk returned on foot to Wisconsin to live as refugees on their former homeland. And in 1875, those in Wisconsin were allowed to settle on lands that were not wanted. And only the only tribe in Wisconsin for whom no reservation has ever been formally established. In 1887, with the General Allotment Act, the shift changed from isolation to assimilation and acculturation. Along with the establishment of day and boarding schools, which educated Indian children, either by mission or federal schools, believing that education would quickly resolve the Indian problem, the Indian child was forced either to forget language and culture and become white Anglo, or to repudiate the advantage of advantages of Anglo culture in order to remain Indian. And whereas the Congress of the United States enacted the Indian Reorganization Act of June 18, 1934, as amended, and whereas the Ho-Chunk Nation is federally recognized Indian tribe organized under Section 16 of the Indian Organization Act, and whereas on November 1, 1994, the Secretary of the Interior approved a new constitution for the Ho-Chunk Nation, formerly known as the Winnebago, Wisconsin Winnebago Tribe. Whereas the Ho-Chunk Nation is a federally recognized Indian tribe possessing in, in inherent sovereign powers by virtue of self-government and democracy, 
And whereas the Ho-Chunk representatives have demonstrated collaborative and relationship building, by developing and maintaining contacts with city officials and nurturing positive relationships with public and private sectors, and whereas the Ho-Chunk people demonstrate their way of life, goodwill, and social responsibility to their homeland and all residents and welcoming people to their homeland for centuries, now therefore be it resolved that the city of Madison recognizes historic trauma and how it still rever reverberates today so that healing can take place and progress can be made and be it finally resolved that the mayor and the common council of the city of Madison do hereby affirm and proclaim that the fourth Friday of November be known as Ho-Chunk Day. Thank you. Good evening. Um, my name is Daniel Brown. My uh, Ho-Chunk name is Wong Shik Pinga. And I just want to take this opportunity this evening to, to thank, thank the city of Madison, to thank the mayor, Mayor Sogland, um, uh, very earnestly and, and very genuinely extend my appreciation to you um, and to you, the city common council this evening. Um, really humbled by this and just very honored uh, just uh, for the uh, for city officials, city of Madison to to recognize the Ho Chunk, as was uh, read in the resolution. Uh, we've always we've always been here, and what you see standing before you and seated over here to my right are, are survivors of uh, historic trauma of a lot of a lot of uh, tragic things that have that have transpired through our history. Um, today we still we're still recovering, we're still healing, and. Um, this is this is a step in that direction. This is a step in the direction for our healing as well. For for you to to embrace the Aboriginal people here in this city, um, and, and I just want to extend that that deep felt appreciation to each and every one of you for those thoughts um, and for just the relationship that I'd like to see us go forward um, in a real positive way. Three years ago, I, I endeavored to work with the city on a variety of, of levels, and I wanted to start out by discovering what had transpired in the past that created a, a, a divisive sort of relationship between the Ho-Chunk Nation and the city. And I've come to discover that it doesn't really matter. Whatever it was, it's gone. It's, it's by the wayside, and we move, we move ahead. And it's with that spirit that, um, that we come to you now in the hopes that we can work together going forward and that there's a better understanding. I think that that there's fear in the unknown, 
And if people don't know Ho-Chunk or don't know individuals, particularly people of color, there's, there seems to be a natural sort of tendency of, of being fearful. Um, and I think what we've tried to do over the course of the last several years is to become familiar and let you know who we are, what we intend to do, with all you know, transparent, our transparency in, in all of our efforts. And, and when I talk about you know, uh, relationships and, and, um, and things that we would like to do um, collaboratively with the city, that's one thing. But to actually have a good relationship and to acknowledge you know, yesterday and the tragedy that that brought to you know, a, whole, a whole tribe of people and that you know, we're still recovering today, this is very meaningful. It's a very, very kind and very, very generous gesture. And I just want to say this evening, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I say uh, hello, and I say the evening is good. And it's a privilege and honor to be here. I'd like to thank you, Mayor for um, uh, extending this, uh, this honor to us, this privilege that, that, you, that you and the aldermen here, and I'd like to say uh, thanks to the young lady with uh, heartfelt thanks that read the resolution and appreciate that. And on behalf of the Ho-Chunk Nation, my name is Wilfred Cleveland. I am the president of the Ho-Chunk Nation, and our tribal office building is in Black River Falls, Wisconsin was told about this, I thought uh, it wouldn't be right for me not to come down here and, and acknowledge, acknowledge the city of Madison for their, their kind thoughts, their, their good feelings that they extended, extended to uh, all, my, all of my Ho-Chunk relatives or, and, and, and wherever we may be. There's, uh, conservatively speaking, there's about seven... 7,500 enrolled tribal members that we have in the Ho-Chunk Nation here in Wisconsin, uh, throughout the United States, and also in, in foreign countries that we have, uh, we have uh, tribal members in. And on behalf of all of them, I, I extend a, a sincere appreciation for, for this, uh, 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 setting aside a day and, and, and recognizing and, and acknowledging the, our Ho-Chunk people and not, don't need to repeat all the history that was said here within the resolution and, and like to uh, just extending uh, in different forms of, of, of saying thank you to you for, um, for taking the time to, to um, uh, look at where, where we've been and, and how it's been for us and putting that in this in this uh, in this resolution here, and it's um, it's a really uh, uh, a good feeling here within my spirit to to be here amongst you, and and it's been it's been a trying time for for our people over the years, ever since the day that that our elders that they thought that it would be a good idea to to um, form form a government. On, on behalf of the future uh, 
the future of, of the Ho-Chunk Nation, which I feel that I am a part of and what they thought and, and felt. And we've come a long way since that time. And, and growing, uh, being born in, in, in a wigwam and coming here at this point here and into the, into the city of Madison and to see how, how this, this place has changed, the Daydrope area has changed from back in those days when, when our uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers roamed these lands here and to come back, come back here like this at this time and, and feeling, feeling grateful to, to each one of you for, for all these good thoughts and good feelings that were extended through this resolution, through this proclaiming this, this day, Ho-Chunk Day, uh, the fourth day of, of November. And it's, uh, uh, we do that, we do that within our Ho-Chunk Nation. We recognize this day, uh, the, the fourth Friday, fourth Friday like this in November as Ho-Chunk Day. We've done that a few years ago. And so it's really, it's really good, good to see that, that what happened there, back there in, in Black Earth Falls, that it, it came down this far and for, uh, uh people to, to recognize this for us and to, uh, also, um, make that same kind of a proclamation on behalf of the of a Ho-Chunk Nation. So I just want to extend these kinds of words of appreciation and thank you to you and, and each one of you that, uh, that had a hand in, in making this all possible and a reality for us and, and, our, and our, our future days uh, and working together. It's, uh, it's going to be a, a good Good time, good time for for the state of Wisconsin and and the Ho Chunk people to to make these kinds of uh, strides in in, their, in our in our everyday lives within our governments. So I just say thank you and and expressing these kinds of words at this time. Thank you. On behalf of the Ho-Chunk Nation, we'd like to present the city with one of our traditional shawls. And you'll notice this uh, design on here is applique. Um, this is uh, known to the Ho-Chunk people. All uh, Indian country recognize this um, as being um, our, our, our way. So we would like to present this shawl for display um, to the city. And thank you very much for honoring our people. Thank you. Further discussion on the resolution? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. It's unanimous. Thank you very much. Uh, item number two, Alderman Verveer. Thank you. I move adoption. Is there a second? Motion is second. Alderman Verveer. Thank you, Mayor. I'd like to uh, read the resolution commending the Madison City Clerk's Office, the Madison Public Library, Streets Division, and countless others for their outstanding efforts during the 2016 general election. Whereas staff in the City Clerk's Office, Madison Public Library, and Streets Division assisted over 58,000 voters cast their ballots in the many days and weeks leading up to Election Day. 
And whereas city clerk staff processed over 7,000 more absentee ballots sent by mail, email, and fax for a total of over 65,000 absentee voters. And whereas when it became evident that assistance was needed, a call went out to employees citywide. And whereas city employees answered the call and invested many more hundreds of hours to process all the ballots. And whereas the city clerk's office has processed over 63,000 voter registrations this year, including over 35,000 since the April election, and continues to process over 20,000 election day registrations from November 8th. And whereas the city clerk filled all 3,270 election day shifts with 2,800 election officials and thoroughly trained each worker. And whereas the city's administrative support team scheduled over 1,600 hours of election official time in absentee ballot satellite locations in addition to election day shifts and recruited hundreds of additional volunteers to facilitate the right to vote. And whereas staff made the necessary preparations and support available to all of Madison's 88 polling places on election day. And whereas all city clerk staff executed the day-to-day -day work necessary to fulfill the promise of democracy and continue their commitment to accurate, efficient elections in the city of Madison. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the mayor and Madison Common Council commend the outstanding work of the Madison City Clerk and her staff and the staff at the Madison Public Library, City Streets Division, and other city staff in their outreach activities to voters in the 2016 general election. Thank you, Alderman Revere. Uh, further discussion on the question? If I could just say one moment, uh, um, as one of those 2,800, I think it is, uh, uh, yes, 2,800 election officials, in my case, in the I was a volunteer on Election Day, uh, I, I couldn't tell you um, that, that our work could not have been done but for the city clerk's office and all the assistance provided by many other employees in, in the city. So on behalf of all of us on the Common Council, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to uh, all of those that we're honoring in this resolution tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Further discussion on the question? If not, I'd just like to make one observation. Uh, I don't have the figures for the city itself, but compared to the last presidential election, we had 5,000 more votes cast in Dane County. In Milwaukee County, it dropped by 40,000, and the turnout around the state was, was similar. Um, Madison is clearly uh, an exception in this last uh, election, not just in the state, but in, 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 the, in the country. And everyone who participated in uh, urging people to come out to vote, to participate in the election, going through the monumental task of a new system uh, and achieving these results uh, with, with uh, accuracy and promptness is, is to be commended. Further discussion on the resolution? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item number three, Alderman Revere. Move adoption. Motion. Is there a second? There is. And I believe, Your Honor, we'll read the resolution, please. I've got the resolution here. Thank you. Um, am I going in the right sequence? Clip first. Oh, okay. Okay. I just suddenly knew. So we'll uh, show the video, please. 
because I was going to have surgery called um, a spinal fusion. When I was five years old, I was going to have surgery called um, a spinal fusion. And so my parents asked me what it was that I wanted to do before the surgery. They were expecting me to say you know, I wanted to go to an amusement park. My answer was I wanted to meet Mr. Rogers. Would you show me how you make your chair go? Okay, sure. We didn't do any rehearsal. He basically just told me, like, I'm going to ask you why you're in a wheelchair and um, you might sing a song and we'll just let it roll. And I said, Hi. all right. Not your fancy chair. That's just beside Mr. Rogers made me feel as if he was talking only to only to me. You know, there's obviously things I can't do, but it doesn't really matter as much what I can't do. It's what I can do. That's how I try and live my life. Whereas the Madison Common Council created the Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award in memory of Jeffrey Erlinger's great contributions to the city of Madison, and whereas the Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award Committee has selected Tory Cop Mueller, an individual who shares Jeffrey Erlinger's dedication to and passion for civility and individual and human rights as the recipient of the 2016 award. And whereas Tori has been an employee of the YWCA since 1999, she has demonstrated passion for human rights and public advocacy while working to eliminate racism and empower women. And whereas she has worked to bring awareness, respect, and dignity to Madison residents affected by homelessness and continues to advocate for policy changes that decriminalize homelessness. And whereas Tori demonstrates her passion for public advocacy and fostering successful working relationships that have resulted in effective outcomes that help sustain housing for Madison residents. And whereas Tori truly believes housing is a human right and has worked to put the needs of the most vulnerable, mem vulnerable members of our community first. And whereas Tori has decades of proven effective service provision and a deep understanding of the needs of families who experience low incomes or homelessness within the Madison community, Tori never loses, loses sight of the importance that building relationships and community collaboration is crucial for the continued success of her work towards housing as a human right. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Tori Kopmuller has been chosen to receive the 10th Annual Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discord Award, and be it further resolved that I, Paul R. Sockle, the Mayor of the City of Madison, Wisconsin, and the Common Council support the recommendation of the committee and present this award to Tori Kopmuller, MSS, MSSW, CAPSW, and congratulate her on being the recipient of the 2016 award.
Thank you so much. I'm really overcome right now with emotion. This is such an honor to receive this. Your son did such great work. I, yeah, I'm just without words of how honored I feel. Um, I'm excited tonight because my some of my staff are here. Um, I got to read the nomination they wrote for me. I couldn't believe the nice things they had to say. I feel like I'm just doing my job every day, but now realizing that it really is having an impact in our community. Um, my family's here. My husband has to deal with my many, many rants about how we're going to end homelessness in this community, and he has to deal with hearing all of my ideas. And my kids, they help me remember that the solution to homelessness is really easy. Whenever we see someone sleeping outside, they just say, Mama, if we could get them a house to live in, they wouldn't have to sleep outside anymore. And so that helps me to keep, keep working and keep my eye on the goal of ending homelessness. And I will continue to work hard to meet that goal for our community. Thank you. Thank you. This is always uh, the 10th time. It's, um, it's kind of difficult. But we are thrilled with Tori's selection as recipient of this award. Um, what continues to make us very proud of the city is how uh, there's always uh, a number of highly qualified, deserving uh, honorees and um, I know the committee has to struggle to choose one, so it's a special honor to be the one that was um, chosen. And it speaks highly of her commitments, as everyone has said, to um, working to end homelessness in society, in our society. And But most important, that uh, I saw after you were selected, I saw the, you know, the nomination papers and the emphasis that it's not just that you, you know, do a good job, but that you take on difficult questions, that you work with people who don't necessarily start out agreeing with you and try and, in a civil way, bring them around to what you know is right. And that's exactly what, um, what Jeff did. Uh, you know, he couldn't do much but talk, so uh, he kept talking until people caved in, you know, and uh, and I gather that, you know, your approach is at least in that genre, if, uh, if uh, different in your own way. And it speaks so highly to the, our community that, in, especially in these times when there seems to be, I mean, I say this every year, but every year it seems to be more relevant how, okay, this year is the year when we really need civility in public discourse. We thought that was last year, but that was then. This is now. Um, and to think that there are, there's a whole line of people that are deserving of this award, it speaks well to our city and the, and the, uh, the oasis that we are in a, in a troubled world to still value civility uh, this high. So we're very pleased to, um, that council continues to do this and very, very pleased that you're the honoree. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, 
Alderman Verveer, and then Alderman Zellers. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, every year I, I um, like to say a few words uh, at this time when we, when we uh, present the annual Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award, largely because I, I consider Jeff a friend, and I'm one of a dwindling number of older persons that have the honor and privilege of knowing Jeff and working with Jeff. Uh, I'm certainly not the only one in the chamber today that had that honor and privilege, but uh, certainly 10 years ago there were most every single person of the city council could say that, and and uh, that's not the case today. But So for those of my colleagues that didn't have the pleasure of knowing Jeff, he was such a fierce advocate uh, and passionate uh, in his um, advocacy uh, of the community, uh, especially persons with disabilities, but also certainly uh, um, a wide variety of, of um, people from all walks of life. I don't um, know that all of you know this. Certainly, uh, older persons Zellers knows full well. But but Jeff, among other things, was the elected president of the State Langdon Neighborhood Association. So those of us downtown knew Jeff very very well uh, as a fierce advocate for the downtown. He cared deeply about his uh, downtown community, his neighbors. In fact, um, you know, this is now um, you know, one of the last few years we've been able to show a version of the video. I enjoy the longer version personally, like we showed last year. But in any event, Jeff is interviewed in his um, home at the Towers uh, Residence Hall, and I always smile when I see that interview uh, because I had the pleasure of spending um, many occasions in that, in that uh, home with Jeff, um, chatting with him about city issues of the day. Um, I also want to, to say with utmost um, uh, respect that um, I really appreciate the fact that Jeff's parents, uh, Pam and Howie, have never missed an occasion to participate in this annual award. Uh, Pam has served on the award committee every year. I had the privilege of serving on the award committee this year with Pam and uh, other distinguished folks. And... Uh, uh, it really, I think, makes this award all the more special, especially for the honorees like Tori this evening and her family and coworkers and friends to know uh, Jeff through his parents and the fact that, that Howie and Pam are here each and every year at this occasion uh, speaks volumes, I think, for the Erlinger family and, and no surprise at the son that they raised. Um, it's hard to believe that Jeff has been gone now as long as he has. Um, we, we present this award on, on the date, the council meeting closest to his birthday, which is coming up on uh, November 30th, next Wednesday. Um, and and uh, so anyway, I, I, it just means so much to me personally that, that this award has continued over the years, no matter who's in the mayor's office, no matter who's on the common council. And as Howie most eloquently said, it's such a testament to our community that there are so many um, amazing individuals uh, that live and work amongst us that are so qualified for this award. I want Tori to know in particular, and congratulations of course first and foremost, but I was told by my colleagues on the award committee that this was the fiercest competition we've had in years and we were sworn to secrecy who the other nominees were, of which there were several, but um, suffice to say that they were several of the nominees were names that most everybody in this chamber would know, 
and uh, um, Tori beat them out. And uh, I'm so pleased to hear in your acceptance speech, Tori, that your coworkers shared their nomination with you because it was beautiful. Uh, just all of the words that they received from um, folks that you have touched in the community that know your work and have appreciated your good works all these years at the Y um, spoke volumes to us on the committee. And, and the nomination was really um, uh, beautiful. So, again, it goes without saying, hearty congratulations on behalf of all of us on the council. We really appreciate the great work that you do in the community, that you've been doing in the community, going back to at least 1999 with the YWCA. And I want to also appreciate your colleagues for, for nominating you again. Uh, they obviously did an excellent job, and we appreciate all the good works you do in our community, and, and hope you can keep it up. I appreciate your family for allowing you to keep it up. So thank you all. Thank you. Alderwoman Zellers. Yes, as usual, Mike was very eloquent um, about um, the appreciation um, of Jeff. And um, I just want to add a few things. Um, I've, I have lived downtown now since 2001, and Jeff was uh, one of the early people that I met um, um, downtown. He was um, very committed um, and a persistent person, as Mike kind of alluded to. Um, he was the president of uh, State Langdon Neighborhood Association and was very interested in trying to um, Make sure that that was uh, a voice for that uh, for that area. We had a, a gathering at our home for um, neighborhood activists, and Jeff was certainly one of the people we wanted to make sure um, joined us um, in in that gathering. Um, our house wasn't exactly the most friendly, um, accessible kind of place, but we made sure that we got it that way so that um, so that Jeff could um, could join us. Um, so yes, I'm one of the dwindling number who who know Jeff, um, and I knew him well before um, before I was um, was older. The other thing that I I do really appreciate is this great opportunity to hear about and learn about people who are doing um, such good work in the community. So um, I appreciate hearing uh, more about, about Tori and certainly congratulations um, to you. And I will second Mike's appreciation to your family because I know that that makes a huge difference in being able to um, successfully do that, that kind of difficult, um, challenging work. So um, thank you. Thank you. Alderman Rummel. Thank you. I guess I feel like piling it on. I don't usually speak, but I was also an alder that knew Jeff. And uh, I just, no one really mentions this, so I thought I would add something. But first I want to say, Tori, thank you for your service, and I'm glad to learn about you and everyone who's preceded you. It's kind of one of these wonderful days that we have these meetings where we get sort of kind of a little teary-eyed. So that's my day so far as a council. But anyway, back to, to Jeff. He, um, and I was appointed as a, as a former small business person to the Lisa Link Peace Park Task Force. It was not a formal city committee because there was politics. And, but there was a, a process that was spearheaded by DMI in which several alders, and I was not yet an alder, and, and people 
were involved. And Jeff was one of the people who came to every meeting. So just remember when you go to Peace Park, think about Jeff helping plan help plan that space. And now we talk a lot about placemaking. So he was also an early placemaker. So thank you to Jeff. Thank you. Alderman Bedard. I won't say much. One, it's humbling to represent you on the city council. Thank you, Pam and Howie, for all you do. Um, you should see how involved they are in the neighborhood listserv and sending really great information. Um, and I also served with Jeff as a citizen on a citizen committee, and he taught me a lot. And I hope that I, I used just a tenth of the skills that he had, of the relationship building that he had, um, as your representative on this council. And to you, Tori, yes, housing as a human rights. Um, thank you for the work that you do, and I hope that we can also learn from your work and, and move it forward as a council. Thank you. Thank you. For the discussion, seeing none, I'd just like to take this opportunity again to congratulate Tori and also to thank um, the committee and Ines Raglan for my staff for all the work that they did in uh, uh, preparing this evening, which uh, because of the uh, highly qualified uh, panel of people who were recommended was, was certainly a challenge, which is even more reasons for congratulations. Further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman Rivera. Thank you. I don't believe we have any early public comment this no. evening. Okay, thank you. At this time, I'll present the consent agenda. For those of you not familiar with our normal procedure here at the Common Council, uh, in a moment I'll move the, again, so-called consent agenda. What the consent agenda is, is a, a motion to approve the recommended action listed for each item on our printed agenda, except for items that either have registrants wishing to speak, of which I know of none tonight, except some available to answer questions. Uh, items which require an extraordinary roll call vote and are not included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent and items which colleagues have separated out for discussion purposes. So uh, I formally move the recommended action listed for each item on tonight's agenda with the following notations and exclusion. And a note that items 4 through 8 are public hearing items, so which will automatically, of course, be separated. The following item... Uh, it requires a 15-vote extra majority vote uh, by statute and will be um, assumed it was unanimous vote was cast, and that's for agenda item number 16, amending the 2016 capital budget of facilities management to close out the city channel project. Uh, additionally, uh, the following will be included as part of this motion with the following recommendations and notes first for agenda item number 11 adding an additional referral to the disability rights commission at the request of alder person errands for agenda item 15 adding an additional referral to the public safety review committee for uh, on behalf of alder person rummel for agenda item number 22 uh, the Board of Estimates voted to uh, oppose a motion to adopt item 22. Uh, however, um, we did not then at DOE take up a motion to place on file, so the motion for item 22 formally as part of our consent motion will be to place on file. 
for agenda item 43. This is approving the 2017 operating plan for Madison Central Business Improvement District. The downtown coordinating committee last Thursday voted unanimously to recommend adoption. Uh, so the motion on the consent agenda for item 43 shall be adoption. The only exclusion requested that I'm familiar with is uh, by Alderperson Fair to request, to request separation on agenda item number 25, a substitute resolution authorizing the allocation of $3.15 million from the Affordable Housing Fund to support the creation of approximately 165 units of affordable rental housing in the city. So the separated items shall be the public hearing items 4 through 8 and item 25. Thank you. On the question... Uh, further items, Alderman Clear. I'd just like to be noted as abstaining on item 43. That'll be so noted. Alderman Aarons. On item 11, um, I'm going to move to place it on file. Is. Yeah. Wait, so is that one then separated from the agenda? Oh, yes. So 11 is separated along with 25 and the public hearings. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Further? Seeing none, on the motion, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Therefore, if you're here on any items on the council agenda, all of them have been acted upon as recommended, except 4 through 8, 11, and 25. Now, we will turn to the public hearings. Declare a hearing open on item 4. Uh, creating a section of the ordinances to change the zoning of property at 2645 Union Street. The hearing is open. The recommendations to councils to adopt. And there are no registrations. Um, and so we'll close the public hearing. Uh, at this time, Excuse me. We'll now take up item number five. I'll declare a hearing open on sections of the ordinances to change the zoning at 604 South Point Road. <coughs> Recommendation of the councils to adapt with conditions. The hearing's opened. We have a registration from Greg Held supporting. Are there any questions of the registrant? Seeing none, the uh, Hearing is closed. Declare a hearing open on item six, creating a section of the ordinances to amend a planned development district to approve as amended property at 489 Commerce Drive in the 9th Alder District. The hearing is open. Note that the recommendation of the council is to re refer public hearing to the plan commission. So we will not close the public hearing. Item seven. We will create an ordinance to amend a planned development district to approve uh, the amended general development plan at 8102 Watts Road in the 9th District. Recommendation of the Council is to re-refer. We will not close that public hearing. Uh, we will now um, take up a hearing on item 8, which is to create a section of the ordinances Attaching to the 14th District, the Carrie and Slindy Enterprises, Badger Bull attachment, etc., etc. Refer to the Council with a recommendation to adopt. The hearing's open. There are no registrations. Declare the hearing closed. At this time, uh, I would like to vacate the chair so I can be reclosed 
uh, and not participating in the action on item four. So Alderman Ververe, would you please take the chair? And in the meantime, Alderman Roman Rummel, um, when he takes the chair, will he kindly make a motion on the items, including the ones that need re-referral? Pro Tem Rummel, a motion please on the report of the Plan Commission. Move the report of the Plan Commission for number four to adopt, number five to um, adopt with um, conditions, number five to re refer and the public hearing, number seven to re refer the public hearing. And number eight, to adopt. Is there a second? It's been moved and seconded to adopt the report of the plan commission to confirm item four is adoption. Item five, adoption with conditions. Item six is to recess the public hearing and we refer to the plan commission. Same for item seven and adoption for item eight. Is there any discussion on any of those items? Seeing none, those in favor of the motion will say aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to agenda item number 11. And I will recognize older person Aaron's for a motion. I'm going to move to place it on file. It's been moved and seconded to place agenda item number 11 on file. Do you wish to speak to your motion, older person Aaron's? I think uh, uh, engineering and I have members of the community have had some discussions about this and I think the uh, some of the issues have been resolved at this time very good thank you Are there any further discussion on motion to place on file seeing none those in favor of the motion to place agenda item 11 on file will say aye, aye. opposed no motion carries that takes us I believe to agenda item number 25 a substitute resolution authorizing the allocation of 3.15 million dollars from the affordable housing fund to support the creation of approximately 165 units of affordable rental housing in the city I'll recognize older person fair for a motion uh, move adoption Second. moved and seconded to adopt the substitute, the substitute. resolution yes. older person fair Thank you. Uh, I know uh, you are all excited, and so am I, to be out here by 7.30, so I'll just keep this short. Um, but I just wanted to pull this one off just to, to recognize and publicly recognize um, a really good initiative that we have going for the city of Madison and has been going for a few years now. Uh, a lot of credit goes to the mayor and to the staff, Jim and his team, to be forward-thinking and visionary on this. Uh, and a little bit to us to supporting that and, and funding that throughout the three years. Um, so three new projects um, that hopefully we'll get WIDA funding and we'll see through to fruition. Four projects actually looking at the uh, item number 26. So, you know, 220 some more units of affordable housing. So I think we can be proud of that. Um, all of us together, uh, mayors, council, staff. We, we know that this is a major issue. I think we all agree that this is one of our top issues for the city. So um, I wanted to say that and also just challenge us that we also, this is just a small dent. As good as this program is, it's a small dent in this affordable housing um, crisis, really, that we have in this city and this country. So 
um, maybe challenge us as well. How can we, what more can we do? Not necessarily funding this program more, although that's always possible, but what else can we do? Um, working with the community in collaboration, um, looking for other creative ways to find affordable housing and access to affordable housing for our residents. So I guess I'd throw that out as a challenge for 2017. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. I should note that we do have two members of the community here available to answer questions, both registering and support. They are Rich Arneson representing Stonehouse Development and Megan Schutz representing Gorman and Company Incorporated. Are there any questions for either of the registrants? Seeing no questions. Uh, Alderperson Rummel. Uh, thank you, Council President Rivier. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Whatever his name is. Um, so I um, have received some emails, and now some of you may have also received emails about the um, project on Fair Oaks. It is adjacent to Madison Corporation, their, their second uh, facility, and which was, as many of you may or may not know, the former city bus barn, and I think we still own it. But um, there are always questions when you live next to an industrial facility about what are impacts on, on adjacent neighbors. And so I feel, you know, I worked with staff to, like, make sure that we are uh, addressing this. And I just wanted to report what has been going on for those out there listening or following this issue. So the, the developer, and I'm sure we could bring him up if you, people wanted, um, Rich Artisan has worked with the property owners and has, is in custody of their phase two environmental re remediation. But since he does not own the property, it is not a document that he can publicly share at this time. But he has shown it to our city engineering staff as well as our planning staff. But just today he met with um, um, Ms. Swenson and, and engineering, and they went through um, some of the elements of it. And I don't know that she is here, but I'm sure um, if people have questions, Rob could probably put a dig at it. Um, um, Bryn Bemis, who's on Senate leave, also had had a look at it and reported to other staff that it was the normal, quote unquote, normal conditions of the area, which is a rail corridor that was an industrial corridor. And, and finally, um, public health has, will be undertaking some air testing because that is one of the things if you're living in a four-story building next to smokestacks that may be emitting um, things, you might want to know what that's about. And so they will be doing some air testing, and I believe Mr. Vigley is here. And finally, if there are some issues that we determine that are, um, you know, make this site un unsuitable, we can... At the land use entitlement level, that's where we can decide that this shouldn't proceed. So I just wanted to lay that out for people and for neighbors so they know that what we've done and how we're looking at this. And yes, there has been, you know, quite a few people said to me, why is affordable housing always next to, you know, quote, the bad things? And so we really, I, want, I took that to heart and wanted to make sure we really do our due diligence. So I appreciate staff's effort and working with uh, Rich Arneson to figure out um, what we know and what and that it does seem that we could we can move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Alderperson Aaron's. I'm sorry, Matt, but I'm going to rain on the parade here, <laughs> uh, and that is to uh, follow that up with uh, some questions, um, and uh, starting with. Um, Mr. Vagley about the um, 
their knowledge of the both the quality of the uh, land there and the uh, ongoing air quality of the air as well uh, being an industrial site. Mr. Vigley. Good evening. Um, the uh, outdoor air quality emissions is a purview of the uh, Wisconsin State DNR. Um, they issue uh, emission permits um, and follow up and provide oversight. Um, to that end, we have no uh, significant issues um, from the DNR regarding the air emission oversight, meaning that they are meeting standards and that we don't have any concerns uh, with the air quality emissions from um, that site. And um, what, what's maybe uh, this is also a question for, for Rob. Uh, uh, at least two facets of this. What what can you tell us? Um, I mean, given the confidentiality of of the report and so on, what can you tell us about the um, uh, land quality here uh, that the housing will be built on? I assume will there also be a play area and so on? Mr. Phillips. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I I didn't see the report personally um, because it was, for Alder Rummel went over that in some detail um, and was very accurate uh, with her description. Um, the material is that is contaminated is a fill material, and much of the lower areas of the isthmus were fill material, uh, had fill material that have some contamination in it um, the uh, material is contaminated with uh, pHs and uh, some metals um, they would have to work uh, with the uh, DNR to decide how that material would be handled uh, either excavated and removed or capped um, this is not a situation that's uh, unique to this particular site uh, it's not uncommon in the isthmus area for these these types of contamination especially in the fill material that was placed okay i have a, one question for mr arneson sure rich arneson please join us Uh, have a, I'm looking at the um, uh, housing Q&A that you submitted uh, on this, and uh, what's striking is that this faces a um, industrial facility and it faces the loading dock, and it said there are only five or six semi trucks per week accessing the loading dock. Um. I don't know the exact number. I've, I've met with the CEO of, of KIPP a couple times. I've been out at the site. The, in his words, the, 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 the truck delivery is, is infrequent. And, and so they, it's actually quite, Gateway Place is, is actually a pretty quiet street. Um, you know, it, it, there's not, no through traffic on it. So from that standpoint, mm -hmm. it's a very safe street. And mm -hmm. they have a handful of deliveries a week. Semi comes up and, and pulls into their loading dock and unloads and then leaves. So they don't distribute the product from there? 
From the truck they do, uh, yes, onto the, yeah, the truck pulls up to the, they have a, um, a loading dock that's off street, mm -hmm. and so the semi pulls up and, and unloads. And but the kit doesn't unload its product and ship it from that site? I, I don't know. I mean, this, a, is, a this is the smaller, the smaller of their two facilities. I see. Yeah. And this in Sun Prairie, or? Between this and the, and the one on Wabisa. I mean, I they're, see. they're not really connected. Mm -hmm. I see. So that's the primary site for loading and unloading or shipping? This, the site that's adjacent to our proposed project is not their primary uh, facility. Um, the other, the one on Atwood and Wabisa is their primary facility. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. it's a larger facility, has more operations sure. that happen okay. there. I don't know exactly, what, I mean, you know, what, what the day-to-day -day operations are in, in the one that's adjacent to us. Right. All right, it just seemed kind of low. I didn't get the distinction of the, this site versus the uh, Wabisu one. So okay. thanks for the yeah. clarification. Sure. Anything else? Are there any, are there any further questions anyone has for Mr. Arneson while he's here at the podium? Seeing none, thank you very much, Mr. Arneson. Are you complete, Alderperson Aarons? Okay, thank you, Alder Aarons. Alderperson DeMarg? Thank you. So um, a couple things. First of all, I, too, want to recognize Jim O'Keefe and his staff for their commitment to um, affordable housing in the city. It's, um, we, we know that it's in dire need, and um, there, there's a lot of work that gets put into this. And I didn't actually think Mr. O'Keefe was with us, but when I turned around and saw him, I, I was happy to see him. I was going to ask Mrs. Ms. Erdman this question, but it's with my delight that I can ask Mr. O'Keefe. <laughs> We're all pleased to see Jim. <laughs> and his as well, I'm sure. So, um, Jim, um, for the, the folks in the gallery and that are left and, and the Boy Scouts, and also um, for the folks at home, I believe all alders are really familiar with this. Could you please describe what is meant by affordable housing in our city? Mr. O'Keefe. When we talk about affordable housing, especially with respect to um, this initiative, we're talking about primarily about um, housing that is affordable, meaning um, rent paid um, approximates 30% of income uh, for households earning at or below 60% um, of the area median income, which for a family of three in Dane County is about $45,000, those, those two parameters, income um, limitations and, and rent limitations. And so what does that mean for monthly rent? Um, I don't have, I, I, I believe that, um, that, um, well, 30, do, do the math. Um, got a, a 45, approximately $45,000 annual income. Um, calculate so I have, a, I've taken it and divided calculate it. a monthly. And it's 1125 so it's $1,125 right. a month is considered affordable. And I just wanted to point that out to everyone because that's, that's still quite a lot of money. And, um, but that's affordable in, in our city. So if I might add, so, so that's the top end of the, of the um, income uh, continuum that's served by these, um, by these projects. Um, they traditionally include um, residents that are set aside for 
families earning at or below 50% and families earning at or below 30%. So much lower incomes, much lower rents. So again, I just want to thank you, um, Jim, and your staff for your commitment to this work. Thank you. Alderperson Hall. My question was answered, actually. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Is there further discussion on the motion to adopt the substitute resolution? Seeing none, those in favor of the motion will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. The motion carries. Are there any items to be introduced from the floor this evening? Seeing no items to be introduced from the floor before I recognize older person King, let me just uh, certainly wish a sincere happy birthday to our colleague Mark Clear tomorrow and our colleague Liddell Zellers next Thursday, I believe. So happy birthday to each of you and certainly a happy Thanksgiving to one and all. And with that, seeing no further business, Older person King. Will adjournment. Been moved and seconded to adjourn. Those in favor will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We stand adjourned. Thank you all.